So this podcast is going to be a little different. We, we're actually planning not to have a guest. Um, and, and one of the reasons that we're, we're doing that is, one, Coach Sanders forgot they were recording a podcast. He just kept me on red uh, this entire time, this last, like, hour. Been waiting around. Uh, and one, never... I, don't, I don't have red <laughs> delivery reports being able to be sent out. And two, yeah. no, I was, I was busy. We had to find Luke's baseball pants. That's, we have a, I we mean, have a first off, it. first off, my mother would tell you this, multiple baseball pants. Oh, we do, multiple. but all the rest of them are too big. So he got like one, like we thought they were all the same size, but clearly there's yeah. one that's just a little bit smaller. So that's the one that we wear all the time. And it's not like we're yeah. sliding into second yet. Yeah, I had, uh, I had practice once and then I had game once. Yes. That I was allowed. Yeah, no, practice. we're, uh, we're rocking you're it. For, you're fortunate enough, my uniform was white. Yes, no, the, the pants are gray. The jerseys, though, the lime green and the orange, it's it's a special, special thing. But oh, my, yeah. my man's rocking it. No, I, I think there's, I think this is good. I think it's going to be a good opportunity. I'll ask you some questions. You can ask me some. Uh, and, we're, again, we're going to try to go weekly, and we're going to try to keep them shorter uh, to yeah. try to let it be a part of your new routine. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's felt there's so much that's happened this past week that I feel like it would have been hard to try to like hit everything. And we're not going to hit everything because we could be, we could talk for hours uh, about everything that's gone on for the past week, but it would be hard to fit a guest in um, and talk about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I definitely want to bring up is everybody who goes to friendship knows that you're a Clemson guy. Um, and Dabo is kind of your, I think is a, someone that you look up to as a coach and someone that you've always sort of, maybe taking things from him and he's been in hot water this week he has um, and i and i have always liked Dabo without it being a clemson connection like yes i'm going to be biased because of the clemson connection but i yep. i really do like a lot of things that he stands for uh how he goes about things he tries to have fun uh there's a lot more of a life after football aspect to Dabo. Uh, I i listened to him speak right after he got the job uh like 2008 2009 at one of the clinics and it was just he's just a very impressive guy um, that being said, he is in some hot water, but I think that it is important. And he's in hot water, uh, one, because somebody on staff used uh, a, a slur in practice. Uh, yep. I think it's important to note, too, that he didn't, he, that guy didn't yell it at somebody. He just said, you guys can't keep saying this, or we're not going to have songs that have this word. Yeah. And I'm not trying to defend it. Um, no, the there's side, definitely, so there's, a, there's a context to that. Definitely. There's a lot of context to it. It's all things are not the same. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I do kind of want to defend him to some degree uh, because you have to look at the greater picture. I think that's also important for everybody to understand. Anytime that you're looking at this uh, and you're looking at anything, context is always king. Uh, and that's something that can be really, really helpful to kind of see how how he handles things and how he's handled more than just that one instance. Uh, and that's where Trevor Lawrence coming out uh, and being like so fully supportive of Dabo. He, and this is where we're going to get, we're going to disagree a little bit. Dabo's okay. definitely 100% a good football coach. I think he's catching a lot more flack because his quarterback has sounded a whole lot better than Dabo has yep. in the past couple weeks. Yeah, and I think I think Dabo is getting some flack because people expected him to be the leader, to be like to be the football coach out in front. This is what you should say. This is how you should act. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna lead by example. 
And I think a lot of people are upset because he's not done that. He came out with that statement that really just, you know, glossed over a couple of things and sort of went back to his faith, which is a very common thing for him. Um, but it's it's Trevor Lawrence is his couple of things that he's tweeted out has sounded really good. And then you see on social media the comparison between South Carolina and Clemson and, like, everything that University of South Carolina is doing and, like, their football coach and their staff and then Clemson, it's almost where it's, it's not – if Dabble was a different coach, was it a, if it was another coach at Clemson, I don't think it would be that big of an issue. But because it's, like, Dabble just – like a lot of people feel like he – I think it's a, a lot of people are upset because they feel like he should be doing more. Right. Like, and there should that, be a more aspect to that. Because sometimes there is, like, a different standard. Of things, uh, and oh, when, you, okay. and when you expect more of someone, like I was always raised on, like the the more that you are given, the more that you are expected of, uh, and so yeah. that's why, like, I always expect a lot, a lot of myself, and I can expect a lot of my kids as well, uh, and it's kind of along those same lines. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's going to be fine. Let's let's let's. This is nothing sure, like this. Is Dab, no. Dabo is not going to get fired, and Dabo is going to go out and do the right things, and he's going to make committees and do everything that's important. Um, it's just you know, it's it's one of those things that's and I don't even think this news is so much mainstream yet. It's just more of the if you follow certain Twitter accounts or certain social media, you know, it's it's out there. I think that's also a good thing that that this is kind of brought to light of, I think it is good for all of us to kind of take a little analysis of who we do follow. Uh, and I have always kind of talked about, make sure you have a balanced following approach of the left and right political spectrum. Uh, yeah. But I think this time period has also allowed us a little bit of an opportunity to take a little bit of a stock of who we follow racially a little bit as well. Uh, and yeah. to make sure that we have a lot of different voices um, coming into our lives. And that's one reason where, like, we're going to have the mayor come talk to the football team Wednesday night. Because uh, I want, well, I want, I want a lot of people outside the football program talking to football players. But I think it's important for, for him uh, to be able to give different perspective. And I don't want the guys just listening to me all the time. I know I like to talk. And so I have yeah. to try to pull that back. Uh, and let other people speak into their lives as well. I really would love – I think I'm going to email the mayor because the more – when you talk to me about the fact that, like, the mayor was coming to talk to the boys, the more I thought about it, I was like, what is it like to be an African-American mayor in predominantly white town? Like, and, like, that – I mean, that is, like – like and like that is something I would I would be really interested in knowing about just because like have he has he experienced anything because the, quite frankly like it's 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 just it would be very interesting for me because that's I mean Apex Friendship was is my high school like that's my high school that I went to was Apex Friendship and it was probably a little bit more Apex Friendship than Apex Friendship is um, <laughs> and so and so it just would be it would be really interesting so i hope like i hope the boys like ask him those type of questions being like so what's it like being who you are in this town like do you have you experienced anything in this town or in this area um i think that's gonna be really beneficial for those guys no i think it's gonna be good the whole point of it is just to let it be a conversation like he's not coming to give a speech uh it's it's really really want it to be a conversation and that's what we would really that's what I'm encouraging the whole team to do, and I think that's what you and I would both encourage everybody to listen to do, is to try to take part in more conversations. 
Uh, and how do you take part in more conversations? You educate yourself so you can know what you're going to talk about. Uh, yep. You listen to the other side as much as possible. And then let that influence you. Uh, too many times we see debates where it's just, let me just yell at you as much as possible. And that's not what a real conversation is. A real conversation is listening to their side and letting that influence you and taking that into your greater understanding. Uh, you get on me all the time about my phrases and stuff, but like that's what getting better every day is about. Just like listening more and more and continuing to grow more. Like I've read a lot in the last couple of weeks um, and I thought I was pretty well versed. And guess what? I'm not. There's a lot more out there. I think oh, I like to say, and I don't know where I've got this from, is you're listening to understand, not listen to respond. And Ooh, so that's good. I tell the kids, I was like, listen, like how many of you guys are getting yelled at by your parents and you're not hearing what they're saying, you're just calculating what you're going to say next. And the minute they're done, then you just respond. But you're, you actually haven't brought any of that in. So like when I talked to our offensive line this past week, I'm going to give a very similar speech to my lacrosse players when I meet with them tomorrow, is that there's two things that you need to really focus on. It's perspective and it's respect. And that how people's perspective will constantly change based off your life experiences. And it's so like, you know, my life experience about becoming a dad this summer is going to change how I feel about certain things. <laughs> yes, it like, will. Like, it's, it's just, it's just will. Like, and I, I gave like a, I gave a personal example with my boys because they know, and I think everyone, my lacrosse team knows and those people who don't know, like my sister is gay. She came out to me when I was 18 years old. When I was in high school, I wasn't against gay rights, but like, it wasn't on my radar. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything I thought about, like nothing. It wasn't, it was like, oh, whatever. And then all of a sudden, now that I have a face to it, that it's like someone in my family. Now I, it's a hundred percent. I feel a hundred percent different. Like I'm more like, no, that's my sister. And I get very offended when people say certain I get extremely offended when people say that's gay. It's very similar to like, I get very offended when people say that's retarded because my elementary school growing up had a strong, what we like to call what was called the VIP program, but it's a special needs program where PJ um, Kennedy was a special needs child that I played baseball with, that I played soccer with, like friends with him on Facebook. Like he is someone that was close to me basically from when I was five, when I was Luke's age, basically, until I graduated high school. So it's kind of like I, that perspective I have on life, all right, gives me better respect on certain issues. And so I, you know, I asked a lot of our boys in the offensive line, you know, it's like, how many of you guys have lived in Apex your entire life? And majority of them just raised their hand saying, yeah, I've lived in Apex here. So their perspective on things is a small bubble. And so once they now get to go experience different things, they meet new people, um, their, their perspective is going to change on stuff. And that's where you're going to get the respect and where you have to understand where people are coming from, where are people different backgrounds from. Um, I thought that was really good having Scott Emery, our the, uh, an individual who helps out coaching the offense line in there because he's a business guy. Mm -hmm. But as to deal with different people from different backgrounds and different ethnicities every single day, and he basically he said a really good thing in the meeting. He's like, it's not worth my time to be me. I'm a nice. I'm one of the nice. I'm nice to people. It doesn't mean I like them. I'm always nice to people because it's just not worth my time to be me. No, I, I agree, and I, I think that's perfect. And I, you used one of the key words there is that it's perspective. And so hopefully all of us can gain a little bit more perspective. Talk to somebody and then continue to try to put yourselves in their shoes a little bit. Yeah. And the closer 
you can get and the more of a relationship and bond you can build with somebody, the more that you can understand it um, as opposed to just watching a movie about it. Um, although there are a few movies, but Amazon Prime has opened up for a lot everybody. You can rent certain movies for free now on Amazon Prime, uh, like Just Mercy and Selma and things like that. It can help you understand better because uh, there's a lot there. No, I mean, I remember, I remember going to college. I mean, again, I went to a basically an all white high school. I went to prep school after, right. and then right. I went to college in Northern Michigan University. And I remember a couple of my college buddies like saying certain things to me, basically being like, "Oh, you grew up rich," and I and like I didn't realize that. I didn't know that because that's not you know. I knew people far more wealthier than I was. My parents were. But I didn't realize until I got to college, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, like, we were pretty okay. Like, we, there was no major moment in my life where, like, I never, my parents said, no, we can't afford that. Besides, like, hey, can I get a brand new car? No, we can't do that. <laughs> but I got a car. Like, you know, I got, I was, I was given a car. I mean, it was a 1992 Crown Royale automobile. The thing had bench seats in the front and in the back. Oh, I see you, and I raise you my 1984 Chevy Caprice, and I Ooh, I, I win big time. But that um, was that's that's perspective there that like it wasn't until I was in college that I got to see other people's background and experience, and like got to hear other people's background that wasn't from Massachusetts that I realized oh wait like I had it pretty good, like I had it like I was good. Like, and I didn't realize that. And I remember like, you know, thinking about that being like, I hope that like, I hope that my kid doesn't know how good they have it. Like, I hope they just like, you know, I, there's a lot of hope. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm no, I think, I think that's a, that's a big part of it though. And that's where you continue to, to learn and to talk and to educate. And you would not have known that if you hadn't went and talked to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I'm the same thing. I went to Furman. You guys make fun of me all the time for it, but it is what it is. Furman. Exactly. Um, there were a lot of really, really rich kids there, uh, but you gain a lot of perspective. And just like with you, I mean, playing on the football team puts you with the the few minorities on campus. Most of them were in our locker room. One hundred percent. And so it was, a, it was a different dynamic, and to kind of see how they and to see how they dealt with Furman as well. Uh, and it's nothing. And, they, and I and and I'm very confident there's 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 very few things that are as diverse as a football locker room. When you talk about the amount of people that sure. you have, and then the, the the diversity you have, the intellectual abilities you have, I had teammates that were doctors that are now doctors and dentists, yeah. and I have teammates that flunked out after the first semester. Yep, and that's like, and that's one of the reasons why you and I both love it so much. It's because you need big people and small people and fast people and slow people, and like it can take all kinds to be successful. Football smart people, academic smart people. All right. And this is where I mean now we've now we've gone off into a tangent about how much we love football. Um, but let's go back to your other uh, your other home. Let's go back to Massachusetts. They've started to have a plan to reopen, correct? They did. So like I called my so mom. So what's the plan? Is everybody wearing a mask? Is there facial shields? What's the plan? So this is the plan. So it seems like it's going to be a very similar thing to what North Carolina is doing. Is that Massachusetts is not deciding it for everybody? They're saying they're setting guidelines. Okay. Then letting the individual, we call them districts in Massachusetts because they would just be your town. So like Apex would be its own district. Mm -hmm. So Apex could decide how they want to do things. Which um, is a conversation for another day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, but here's here's basically the, the bullet points. Uh, no more than 12 individuals, that's including teachers, in a room. 
12. 12. So they say 10 students to teach. One teacher. Oh, yeah, right. Teacher, teacher A, depending on that. So they right, elementary them. schools. Right. Yes. Uh, face coverings are required. Yep. Parents have to provide the face coverings for the students. The mm -hmm. school will have some. Um, but the, the parents are like the expected their kid shows up to school every day with a face covering. Yep. Um, six feet of distance in between. Yep. Everything. Um, and that's basically it. There is no. There, everything there, else it, you figure out, whether that's A, B, D, A, B, C, yeah, A, B, C, D, E. Changes. They're sorry, not changes, but they're against temperature checks just because of all the false positives and false negatives, and they think that it would just be chaotic to try to. Can do. they pass that down to the North Carolina Athletic Association? That I now have to ask every single person if they want to come to a football practice, eight questions and a temperature check. Just yeah, saying. I, those. That's that's the other breaking news today that we got. Uh, we got the the clearance from the state. Another great example of federalism at work is just because the state said we can do it. Doesn't mean we can do it yet. The amount of text messages that I've gotten over that. Yeah. I mean, it's like we should. It's like we need to have like a federalism thing all over again. It's if if there was anything, I'm actually there. It is. Uh, Wake County has determined that we will remain in a dead period through at least July 6th. It's now officially been passed out. July 6th uh, is like okay. Sunday, right? No, that's the Monday. That's the Monday after July 4th. July 4th is a Saturday this year. So we'll okay. actually be the most most beaches like fireworks are on July third now, and then we'll gotcha. drive home July fourth. Just in case you were curious of our uh, travel arrangements, I, I wasn't. This is where you go to the Oak Isle, right? Ocean Isle. Thank you very Ocean. much. Ocean Isle. I'm sorry. Ocean Isle. Um, hey, look. There's we we have very few like nice things, and we go to we have to go to Ocean Isle. You're a horse. And have, that's a that's again a conversation for another day. <laughs> The horse doesn't even have its own stall. The horse has to stay outside where he's boarded. Well, oh, Winston. Well, no, Winston <laughs> is the mini horse. Irish is our horse. Winston oh, yeah. is the mini that the barn has. But Casey does go ride it. Winston probably once a week or once every other week. And it's that's one of the cooler things that we do. Um, but hopefully that has helped you guys have a little bit of insight into gaining other people's perspectives. Uh, and I think that's the most important thing that we can do. Listen to another podcast. Read a. There's tons of books that people are getting pushed out there right now about ones that you can read, and you can get a library card from Wake County still for free, uh, and download it online. That's how I get all my books still. Um, but we will see you guys next week, or you'll hear from us next week. And we have a faculty meeting to attend. We do, and we're probably going to be late for it. No, we'll see. I think we can make the walk. All right, well, we are now actually going to try to do a live podcast for everybody to try to see if you guys can, uh, we're trying to up our ante a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the big things that I think is going on right now is there's a book that's coming out. And I think most people know that I have, I have learned to love to read over the last few years. Um, and is there, is there any books that you're interested in, perhaps? I think there's a book of John Bolton. Now, I'm going to, I'm blanking right now. Who was John Bolton? John Bolton was the national security advisor that filled in after Michael Flynn. Yes. So okay. you went Michael Flynn. Um, Who got in a little bit of trouble. Just, just, a, just a smidge. Um, and then you had um, 
Admiral McMaster. Oh, I forgot about him. Correct. There's there's just, there's a lot of people. Uh, and so then after Admiral McMaster said, I've had enough of this, uh, and then John Bolton filled in. And then John Bolton is actually one that most people felt was super extreme. Like, he was the guy that was way far right, like, wanting to attack Iran, had a lot of history with uh, President Bush, uh, both President Bushes, actually. Mm-hmm. Um and Bolton is now going to have coming out with a book that has a lot of conversations. Now, Trump's main... Why do you want to read the book so much? Let's say I that. mean, here's the thing. Anyone who's ever worked for the White House for a period of time always writes a book. I mean, it's very similar to how, like, you know, after, like coaches, like college coaches or professional coaches, they always write a book when they're done. Like, you mm-hmm. expect, like, famous people to write their memoirs or autobiographies. Right. And we talk about with this with presidents. Like, after you're president, that's the last job you'll ever have. Yeah. And you really don't get paid that much. And for the people that aren't independently wealthy when they become president, like, a lot of times they write a book. And we, I tell a story all the time about how General Grant, like, kind of set the standard for those mm-hmm. memoirs, writing his when he was dying. And so, you know, John Bolton writing this book is he's going to write about his his experiences at the White House. Um, and I think President Trump had to know going in when he starts, like, firing all these people or having these people resign that some of these individuals are going to write a book. Now, when you are at that level that John Bolton was at, your book has to pass a test. It has to, the Department of Justice, the background information, you have to make sure there's no classified information within the text. And the DOJ has basically come out and said... Nope, like a good portion of this book is classified information. But a lot of that is based on Trump's new claim that any conversation with the president is classified. And I've never heard that before. That's just, I mean, it's, it's almost like he's, he's saying executive privilege applies to all. Yes. When it, Again, classified information is the only thing that's is what, deems, what we deem as classified information. It's not just a normal you know, day-to-day conversation where you expect President Trump to blow up on his staff or get angry at his staff, right. which he probably has done in private, like every uh, other president has done. I've, I've read a few things that he, uh, he tends to blow up from time to time. And every president has done that. Sure. And every president has their quirks about him. But like now, with President Trump and his image that he likes to have, now that stuff's going to be public. And now it's going to be public from someone that he, very early on in John Bolton's time as, during that, in that White House, was a President Trump ally. And right. now this is going to be, it could be a bad look for President Trump. No, and, and I think the one thing with classified, too, before we kind of let this story go, is classified is not a binary state. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like one of the things that we're, we're starting to learn about, like maybe re- the term racism. It's not just a binary state. It's a spectrum. And so there's lots of different levels of things being classified. Um, Oh, man. I think, yeah, I think this one has definitely got a lot more teeth to it uh, than, like, the Fire and Fury book and a few other ones that have come out. Um, but, no, like you said, most people are going to write a book. Like, I read Ben Rhodes' book after the eight years with Obama, and it gives you a more of an insider mm-hmm. view. And most presidents kind of like that on the grander scheme because it lets people know how things really happened. But this one, um, this one's got a little more teeth to it. Oh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's pause there on that story. And let's, um, let's, let's have a little bit of a chat, a little bit of a conversation, if you will. 